Book Two, Chapters Twelve to Fifteen of History of Animals by Aristotle, translated by Darcy Wentworth Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve. Birds also, in some parts, resemble the above-mentioned animals. That is to say, they have in all cases a head, a neck, a back, a belly, and what is analogous to the chest. The bird is remarkable among animals as having two feet like man, only, by the way, it bends them backwards as quadrupeds bend their hind legs, as was noticed previously. It has neither hands nor front feet, but wings, an exceptional structure as compared with other animals. Its haunch-bone is long like a thigh, and is attached to the body as far as the middle of the belly. So like to a thigh is it that when viewed separately it looks like a real one, while the real thigh is a separate structure betwixt it and the shin. Of all birds, those that have crooked talons have the biggest thighs and the strongest breasts. All birds are furnished with many claws, and all have the toes separated more or less asunder. That is to say, in the greater part the toes are clearly distinct from one another. For even the swimming birds, although they are web-footed, have still their claws fully articulated and distinctly differentiated from one another. Birds that fly high in the air are in all cases four-toed, that is, the greater part have three toes in front and one behind in place of a heel. Some few have two in front and two behind, as the wryneck. This latter bird is somewhat bigger than the chaffinch, and is modelled in appearance. It is peculiar in the arrangement of its toes, and resembles the snake in the structure of its tongue, for the creature can protrude its tongue to the extent of four finger-breadths, and then draw it back again. Moreover, it can twist its head backwards, while keeping all the rest of its body still, like the serpent. It has big claws, somewhat resembling those of the woodpecker. Its note is a shrill chirp. Birds are furnished with a mouth, but with an exceptional one, for they have neither lips nor teeth, but a beak. Neither have they ears nor a nose, but only passages for the sensations connected with these organs, that for the nostrils in the beak, and that for hearing in the head. Like all other animals, they all have two eyes, and these are devoid of lashes. The heavy-bodied, or gallinaceous birds, close the eye by means of the lower lid, and all birds blink by means of a skin extending over the eye from the inner corner. The owl and its congeners also close the eye by means of the upper lid. The same phenomenon is observable in the animals that are protected by horny scutes, as in the lizard and its congeners, for they all, without exception, close the eye with the lower lid, but they do not blink 
like birds. Further, birds have neither scutes nor hair, but feathers, and the feathers are invariably furnished with quills. They have no tail, but a rump with tail feathers, short in such as are long-legged and web-footed, large in others. These latter kinds of birds fly with their feet tucked up close to the belly, but the small rumped or short-tailed birds fly with their legs stretched out at full length. All are furnished with a tongue, but the organ is variable, being long in some birds and broad in others. Certain species of birds, above all other animals, and next after man, possess the faculty of uttering articulate sounds, and this faculty is chiefly developed in broad-tongued birds. No oviparous creature has an epiglottis over the windpipe, but these animals so manage the opening and shutting of the windpipe as not to allow any solid substance to get down into the lung. Some species of birds are furnished additionally with spurs, but no bird with crooked talons is found so provided. The birds with talons are among those that fly well, but those that have spurs are among the heavy-bodied. Again, some birds have a crest. As a general rule, the crest sticks up and is composed of feathers only, but the crest of the barn-door cock is exceptional in kind, for whereas it is not just exactly flesh, at the same time it is not easy to see what else it is. Chapter 13 Of water animals the genus of fishes constitutes a single group apart from the rest, and including many diverse forms. In the first place the fish has a head, a back, a belly, in the neighborhood of which last are placed the stomach and viscera, and behind it has a tail of continuous, undivided shape, but not, by the way, in all cases alike. No fish has a neck, or any limb or testicles, at all within or without, or breasts. But, by the way, this absence of breasts may be predicated of all non-viviparous animals and in point of fact, viviparous animals are not in all cases provided with the organ, excepting such as are directly viviparous without being first oviparous. Thus the dolphin is directly viviparous, and accordingly we find it furnished with two breasts, not situated high up, but in the neighborhood of the genitals, and this creature is not provided like quadrupeds with visible teats, but has two vents, one on each flank, from which the milk flows, and its young have to follow after it to get suckled, and this phenomenon has been actually witnessed. Fishes, then, as has been observed, have no breasts, and no passage for the genitals visible externally, but they have an exceptional organ in the gills, whereby, after taking the water in by the mouth, they discharge it again, and in the fins of which the greater part have four, and the lanky ones two, as for instance the eel, and these two situated near to the gills. 
in like manner the grey mullet as for instance the mullet found in the lake at siphai have only two fins and the same is the case with the fish called ribbon fish some of the lanky fishes have no fins at all such as the muraina nor gills articulated like those of other fish and of those fish that are provided with gills some have coverings for this organ whereas all the Silicians have the organ unprotected by a cover and those fishes that have coverings or opercula for the gills have in all cases their gills placed sideways whereas among Silicians the broad ones have the gills down below on the belly as the torpedo and the ray while the lanky ones have the organ placed sideways as is the case in all the dogfish the fishing frog has gills placed sideways and covered not with a spiny operculum as in all but the salacian fishes but with one of skin moreover with fishes furnished with gills the gills in some cases are simple in others duplicate and the last gill in the direction of the body is always simple and again some fishes have few gills and others have a great number but all alike have the same number on both sides those that have the least number have one gill on either side and this one duplicate like the boarfish others have two on either side one simple and the other duplicate like the conger and the scarus others have four on either side simple as the elops the synagris the marina and the eel others have four all with the exception of the hindmost one in double rows as the wrasse the perch the sheetfish and the carp the dogfish have all their gills double five on a side and the swordfish has eight double gills so much for the number of gills as found in fishes again fishes differ from other animals in more ways than as regards the gills for they are not covered with hairs as are viviparous land animals nor as is the case with certain oviparous quadrupeds with tessellated scutes nor like birds with feathers but for the most part they are covered with scales some few are rough-skinned while the smooth-skinned are very few indeed of the salacia some are rough-skinned and some smooth-skinned and among the smooth-skinned fishes are included the conger the eel and the tunny all fishes are saw-toothed excepting the scarus and the teeth in all cases are sharp and set in many rows and in some cases are placed on the tongue the tongue is hard and spiny and so firmly attached that fishes in many instances seem to be devoid of the organ altogether the mouth in some cases is wide stretched as it is with some viviparous quadrupeds with regard to organs of sense all save eyes fishes possess none of them neither the organs nor their passages neither ears nor nostrils 
but all fishes are furnished with eyes, and the eyes devoid of lids, though the eyes are not hard. With regard to the organs connected with the other senses, hearing and smell, they are devoid alike of the organs themselves and of passages indicative of them. Fishes, without exception, are supplied with blood. Some of them are oviparous and some viviparous. Scaly fish are invariably oviparous, but cartilaginous fishes are all viviparous, with the single exception of the fishing frog. Chapter 14 Of blooded animals there now remains the serpent genus. This genus is common to both elements, for while most species comprehended therein are land animals, a small minority to which the aquatic species pass their lives in fresh water. There are also sea serpents, in shape to a great extent resembling their congeners of the land, with this exception that the head in their case is somewhat like the head of the conger, and there are several kinds of sea serpent, and the different kinds differ in color. These animals are not found in very deep water. Serpents, like fish, are devoid of feet. There are also sea scolopendras, resembling in shape their land congeners, but somewhat less in regard to magnitude. These creatures are found in the neighborhood of rocks. As compared with their land congeners, they are redder in color, are furnished with feet in greater numbers, and with legs of more delicate structure. And the same remark applies to them as to the sea serpents, that they are not found in very deep water. Of fishes whose habitat is in the vicinity of rocks, there is a tiny one which some call the echinus, or shipholder, and which is by some people used as a charm to bring luck in affairs of law and love. The creature is unfit for eating. Some people assert that it has feet, but this is not the case. It appears, however, to be furnished with feet from the fact that its fins resemble those organs. So much, then, for the external parts of blooded animals. As regards their numbers, their properties, and their relative diversities. Chapter 15 As for the properties of the internal organs, these we must first discuss in the case of the animals that are supplied with blood. For the principal genera differ from the rest of animals in that the former are supplied with blood, and the latter are not, and the former include man, viviparous and oviparous quadrupeds, birds, fishes, cetaceans, and all the others that come under no general designation by reason of their not forming genera, but groups of which simply the specific name is predicable, as when we say the serpent, the crocodile. All viviparous quadrupeds then are furnished with an esophagus and a windpipe, situated as in man, the same statement is applicable to oviparous quadrupeds and to birds, only that the latter present diversities in the shapes of these organs. As a general rule, all animals that take up air and breathe it in and out are furnished with a lung, 
a windpipe and an esophagus, with the windpipe and esophagus not admitting of diversity in situation, but admitting of diversity in properties, and with the lung admitting of diversity in both these respects. Further, all blooded animals have a heart and a diaphragm or midriff, but in small animals the existence of the latter organ is not so obvious owing to its delicacy and minute size. In regard to the heart, there is an exceptional phenomenon observable in oxen. In other words, there is one species of ox where, though not in all cases, a bone is found inside the heart. And, by the way, the horse's heart also has a bone inside it. The genera referred to above are not in all cases furnished with a lung. For instance, the fish is devoid of the organ, as is also every animal furnished with gills. All blooded animals are furnished with a liver. As a general rule, blooded animals are furnished with a spleen, but with the great majority of non-viviparous but oviparous animals, the spleen is so small as all but to escape observation, and this is the case with almost all birds, as with the pigeon, the kite, the falcon, the owl. In point of fact, the agacephalus is devoid of the organ altogether. With oviparous quadrupeds the case is much the same as with the viviparous, that is to say, they also have the spleen exceedingly minute as the tortoise, the freshwater tortoise, the toad, the lizard, the crocodile, and the frog. Some animals have a gallbladder close to the liver, and others have not. Of viviparous quadrupeds, the deer is without the organ, as also the roe, the horse, the mule, the ass, the seal, and some kinds of pigs, of deer, those that are called echinae appear to have gall in their tail, but what is so called does resemble gall in color, though it is not so completely fluid, and the organ internally resembles a spleen. However, without any exception, stags are found to have maggots living inside the hand, and the habitat of these creatures is in the hollow underneath the root of the tongue and in the neighborhood of the vertebra, to which the head is attached. These creatures are as large as the largest grubs. They grow altogether in a cluster, and they are usually about twenty in number. Deer, then, as has been observed, are without a gallbladder. Their gut, however, is so bitter that even hounds refuse to eat it unless the animal is exceptionally fat. With the elephant also, the liver is unfurnished with a gallbladder. But when the animal is cut in the region where the organ is found in animals furnished with it, there oozes out a fluid resembling gall, in greater or less quantities. Of animals that take in seawater and are furnished with a lung, the dolphin is unprovided with a gallbladder. Birds and fishes all have the organ as also oviparous quadrupeds, all to a greater or a lesser extent. But of fishes, some have the organ close to the liver, as the dogfishes, the sheetfish, the rhine or angelfish, the smooth skate, the torpedo, 
and of the lanky fishes the eel the pipefish and the hammer-headed shark the calionomus also has the gallbladder close to the liver and in no other fish does the organ attain so great a relative size other fishes have the organ close to the gut attached to the liver by certain extremely fine ducts the bonito has the gallbladder stretched alongside the gut and equaling it in length and often a double fold of it others have the organ in the region of the gut in some cases far off in others near as the fishing frog the elops the sonagris the marina and the swordfish other animals of the same species show this diversity of position as for instance some congers are found with the organ attached close to the liver and others with it detached from and below it the case is much the same with birds that is some have the gallbladder close to the stomach and others close to the gut as the pigeon the raven the quail the swallow and the sparrow some have it near at once to the liver and to the stomach as the igocephalus others have it near at once to the liver and the gut as the falcon and the kite and of chapter 15